Good morning, everyone. This is the Creativity Cocktail. We are so thrilled to have two unbelievable brothers here in our conversation today. Um, we've got Joshua Gray and John Clark. Um, what's up, brothers from the JJRE group? Um, they are they are really, really cool. They're doing something that everyone that's out there that's listening to this, you're going to absolutely love and adore. This is fantastic. Um, so as typical these days, this year is 2020. Most of us can't wait for it to be over. Um, but I always want to make sure I'm asking brothers when we get together on this kind of podcast, this kind of conversation that we just talk about how everyone's doing, how's everyone reacting to our world and COVID. So I will ask um, John, um, how are you doing, brother? I'm overall making it, maintaining. Um, actually, COVID has forced me to come out of a lot of my comfort zones this year. Um, and I've definitely stayed busy, you know, building building this business with, with Joshua, JJRE Group, and other businesses. And, and, and it really has helped me focus because normally what I'm trying to do is um, go to concerts, travel, and have a lot of other things going on, which I definitely plan on getting back to. But um, I've been able to have, like, been forced to sit down and just focus in on some things and it's actually helped overall it's been a crazy year but i have been able to focus and like i said just get outside of my comfort zone with a lot of things that's awesome <laughs> joshua how about yourself yeah pretty much the same um i've really just been very much more focused um i, I really i tell everybody hey you know you, you should come out of this pandemic with new skills right new skills new hobbies so um, you know, self-care is extremely important. I know I started gardening, you know, I've started brushing up on my own skills. I'm studying for my real estate license exam now. So um, it's, it's so many things that you can really kind of take advantage of this opportunity. I feel like so many things I want to back burner. It's like when I get around to it, I'll read this book. I'll, you know, I'll check out this and I'll check out that. But now, now is the time to like, so you got to come out of this pandemic with new skills. I mean, considering everything that's going out in the world, you might as well, you know, Make yourself better. That is awesome. I think that we are going to come back to that because I think that's important about the skills um, piece. So thanks for that. Uh, I met John um, as part of Urban Atlanta, which is a black networking group uh, led by uh, one of the leaders is Ray Abram, who is a good friend of mine. And we were having this conversation amongst other people, you know, networking is so important. Going back to skills, Joshua. You know, like networking is such a key skill these days. And as we were chatting, he was telling me about what you both do. And I was like, that sounds phenomenal. That sounds like something we should have, a, we should let the world know about. We should have people here and understand what you guys are up to. So tell us about JJRE Group and what you guys are up to. Okay. Um, so at JJRE Group, our mission is to, we strive to provide clean and safe housing for marginalized communities while improving underfunded areas by building a socially responsible real estate network. So what Joshua and I have done, we, we started this, we're actually coming up on our year anniversary. Um, so we started this about a year ago. Um, and so what we both, we just had like-minded um, views on, on our economic situation, our communities, and how we want to try to figure out a way to give back. And we both have a passion for real estate. I've been doing real estate. I, my first property I inherited back in 2005, my mom passed away. And I've been into real estate since then. Um, and so, and I you know, met Josh a couple of years ago and he's also very into real estate. So what we've been trying to do is figure out a way to help educate 
um, our communities, to help rebuild our communities, because especially here in Atlanta, we have a lot of great communities for our for our people. And so we want to try to keep them as much as possible and try to prevent a lot of the gentrification. We, we've come up with a phrase, counter gentrification, to where we're trying to, you know, keep us in our communities while also building up our communities. Counter gentrification. Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. Tell us more about that. Tell us more about that. Where do we, I mean, that, that's such a cool thing. I want to make sure that we don't pass it because I want people to like use it because that's a great, great term. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we define it as uh, reversing the adverse effects that gentrification has caused. So um, I'm a native of Atlanta. And so I've witnessed in real time uh, family members and family friends just, just being misplaced, you know, not being able to um, afford their homes in their communities that they've lived, lived in for years. Um, it happened firsthand, like I said, family members, my, my mother, for example. Um, but we are, our, our mission is to empower people because we feel like a lot of it is, you know, we just don't know. Um, you know, Black people aren't, you know, they, we've historically been, you know, red face, redlining, um, steering uh, out of communities and neighborhoods. And so it's so important for us now that now that we can potentially have the opportunity because, you know, wealth is at, directly connected to real estate. Um, so it's important that we educate ourselves and other, educate each other um, about what it means to buy the block, as we call it, uh, you know, buying up properties in the real estate, uh, keeping uh, property within the family. That's the biggest thing. Generational wealth. Is <laughs> is absolutely the means of achieving the American dream. Yeah, yeah. I, I and you get maybe you guys could um, corroborate this, but I've heard that the inventory of homes these days is lower than typical. You know that homes yeah. aren't being built at the same, I guess, speed in the past, and that could be a variety of reasons. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Is that what you're seeing as well, as far as the inventory these days as being kind of low out there? Well, I've actually, I actually had this conversation yesterday at a closing. Um, one of the realtors was saying the normal inventory for Atlanta is like four months worth of inventory. And right now it's down to two months worth of inventory. And it's more so because the opposite is more so because there's so much demand right now. So many people are buying, so many people are moving here. Um, a lot of people from other, um, expensive city, especially now with COVID, a lot of people are realizing they can work from anywhere. So why stay in a city like New York or San Francisco when you can move to a, still a great large city, but not have to pay so much overhead just for housing? Right. So there's a huge demand right now. And that's that was part of the discussion that I had yesterday as to why, you know, why the inventory is so low right now. So the demand, uh, demand is driving is driving the low inventory. Correct. Yep. For here in Atlanta. Yep. So if, if you're a seller, you're probably in a good spot, right? If you're trying to sell a home, yeah. Absolutely, and, and even some of the deals we've seen is like, somebody spent how much on that? It's like, where are these people coming from? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's really just amazing to see. Uh, but a lot of people, uh, you know, with that, it just, it just goes back to the uh, income inequality we have here uh, in the city of Atlanta um, and how it's just so vast. We have people coming in, you know, out, out-of-state investors, uh, people moving down where, you know, they're coming in, used to getting paid a, a higher salary. And so they're able to take advantage. They're able to buy up those uh, two-bedroom condos for, you know, 
the upper one hundred is like mm-hmm. they're able to do these things, and um, uh, it just goes back to you know we have to create um, the space, we have to create opportunities for affordable housing, and that's really the, the biggest thing that kind of drives us as well. Because even with the inventory low, um, you know the landlords or whoever is owning the owners of these properties, they are charging. You know, astronomical rents, um, mortgages are just out like outstanding for anything, any recent construction. So any old construction now as well. Isn't that interesting? Because I've heard that in those big cities you were referencing before, that the rents have gone down and there's lots of vacancies in those big cities. And and conversely, places like where we are, Josh, you're sharing that the rents are going up and people are charging exorbitant amounts of rent which which obviously impacts our community especially if you think about you know we have a tough time just in general getting homes um, yep. and now and if we are displaced from a work perspective that probably makes it even more difficult but what, what are some of the ways that you guys are helping our community are you doing some education or you don't tell us some of the things you're doing specifically with the community and what are some of the things you're you're working with or sharing? Oh, yeah we are definitely trying to trying to do as much education as possible um, through our social media, through people that interact with us. We're also trying to work on the whole concept of getting people, more people to buy into the idea of group economics, mm. pooling people, people pooling together to try to buy some of these, you know, some of these apartment complexes or anything, you know, to try to buy some of that as a group. That way we can, um, you know, we can control it. We can manage it. We can, we can regulate our own rents and we can regulate as much as we need to for our own community. So we've been working with our, our networks to try to, you know, try to build that, try to build those, those ideas and try to really make them flourish. Awesome. So for the group networks would be a group of people get together and they would say, let's buy a, uh, let's buy a housing or an apartment building or something. And then they would all share any ownership of that particular property. Correct. Wow. What, what made you guys decide? I mean, you shared a little bit why you wanted to do that, but how's, how's that, how's that working? Is, is there, you know, how's it going so far? It's, it's definitely a work in progress. Like Joshua was, was saying earlier, <laughs> Joshua was saying earlier, you know, there's a lot of education that needs to take place in our own communities. And we have to, we need, we have to get set the foundation basically. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you, you were saying that earlier as well, Winston, you know, for us as a community, um, we've just been living to survive because that's all we've been able to do is try. We, we, we just want to survive without people harassing us or bothering us or, or trying to treat us differently because of the color of our skin. So, you know, now we're trying to get to a better place to get more of our people more understanding because we're, a lot of us are in a better um, place financially to where we could pull together some stuff economically and the group economic situation. Um, but it's just trying to get people to buy into the idea and letting them understand the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this weird, you guys made me think about something like, you know, how we glorify stuff, right? Like material possessions and, and that people have out there. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a way, or if you guys might, this might already be occurring and I'm just not familiar with it, but like how we would say, oh, well, you get this name brand something. Well, instead of that, the name brand is like the house <laughs> or the name brand right. <laughs> is the community, right? So, you know, you, you, you want to live in 
Cascade Heights or Ben Hill or something like this. This is this is the this is the the new Louis Vuitton. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Right. Yeah. I, I just think it goes back to you know it's just the the way we you know black people have been in in America. You know we've we've seen something things are advertised to us, so we're used to buying it up. You know we're you know black consumers are spending our most money um, in America, so. Uh, when you when you put that onto real estate, when you know people are used to renting, you know generations are used to renting um, and not owning property. You know somebody has to break the cycle, right? Somebody has to be knowledgeable enough to you know what it means to have a good credit score to be able to go out for a lot of these basic loans. Because um, honestly, that's where a lot of people get stopped right there. Just that those very basic um, building credit and buying appreciating assets versus depreciating assets where you talk about listen buying the name brand you know clothes but if we could just change that mindset um or just that's what i said just goes back to educating people like we got to help each other i tell you even myself i've struggled with that i've had to learn over time you know i my family came from jamaica and it had it had a somewhat of a scarcity mindset like, mm -hmm. Like stuff was like whatever you had was like worth something, and yeah. as I and as I've gotten older, I realize I'm not I don't really own anything, mm. and I don't own anything. I'm a steward of stuff, mm -hmm. right? And so back to you guys' point, the steward of a piece of property creates that generational wealth, right? Yeah. Like when when I'm no longer on this plane, no one cares about what my clothes were. Yeah. Somebody else gonna be wearing them. <laughs> somebody, somebody else gonna be wearing them. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but the, the the property, that's a real tangible thing. Yes. That's, yeah, that's a that's a real tangible thing. Joshua, you mentioned earlier about skill sets and really growing your skills throughout this COVID time. Tell yeah. us tell me or tell the audience about something that you've learned or have had to get a new skill set over this last nine months or so sure sure i'm more than happy so um i became full-time into this business i was actually liberated <laughs> due to COVID earlier this year um so i was always part-time kind of you know one foot in one foot out that's so, a good way of calling it liberated right but i just said you know what I'm going to use this time to really just jump in. And um, I started literally that same day I got the call. I started a real estate um, course to get my license to be a, a licensed real estate agent uh, in the state of Georgia. Um, so with that, um, it has been the timing of everything, divine timing. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, even through studying the, the course material, we've been able to pull a lot of it into what we're doing as a business. It's like, hey, um, did you know such and such, we could be doing these. So I just think that additional uh, learning is saying, improving, honing those skills um, is just really gonna make us both more successful. And, uh, and you know, in the day, if we're successful, the things we're doing, we'll be able to have a bigger, bigger impact on our community. So that's what's really key. So for me, it's always like, I'm, what can I do for my to my for myself or to myself for the greater good, right? So I feel like this is just one of those things. Have more access to knowledge, I can help you know more family members, more friends, and we can actually walk the walk, right? <laughs> like we're talking that we've been doing it, but we really just really want to be 
all about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. How, about, how about yourself, John? How about any skills you've learned over COVID time? Yeah, so with doing all of this this business stuff, um, working with Joshua, like, you know, I, I we, we've been having to create, you know, content for social media and things like that. And, and, and I know it was painful, but Joshua had the patience of like showing me how to go through and create like different flyers and things like that. And because I, I, I honestly, I've never really been into it to want to try to learn it. But then once I got in there and started playing around with it, now I'm over here doing stuff for other, other organizations that I'm a part of and it's really making a, a huge impact. So, um, so yeah, I, I've been, I've been stretching myself that way. I've also been stretching myself with the whole networking. Um, with Joshua and Belinda earlier this summer, like we were we were working on some things and just networking with different people. And it, it, it it's never been comfortable for me networking or even with the whole group economics because with one of our first properties that we that Joshua and I bought, we did a campaign where we raised funds for the, for the renovation of the property. I've never been comfortable asking people for money because even though I'm asking people for money in a way of giving it back because we're asking for money, you know, in the form of like a loan basically. To where we're giving it back to them, but I've just never been comfortable asking people for money in any kind of way. Definitely not asking for money for me to borrow, but not even in the way of asking people for money for me to give it back to you with great interest rate. Like I just never felt comfortable. So I've expanded myself with that. I've gotten more comfortable having those conversations with people. So so yeah, I, I really think that you know this time to kind of sit down and focus in on on some skills that you might have been avoiding um, previously because you're so busy doing other things. It right. really helped. Yeah. Um, you guys, thank you guys for sharing that. I tell you, learning for me is just such an important thing. It's like when I hear people, regardless of wherever they are, whether they're 20 years old or 80 years old, and they just say, oh, well, I've already got everything I need to know in this life. I don't need to know anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. I always say to myself, man, you are missing out so much. Yep. You know, learning new skills, no matter where you are, I was making this remark to someone yesterday that I used to talk and, and meet these CEOs from different companies. And they were so different. But there's one thing that I observed that was in common for all of them. And that was that they were aware of what was going on today. Mm. So, so whether there was new technology or new something else, they knew what was going on. They weren't like, well, this is how it was back in my day. They were like, no, they knew what the, what the world was, was doing today. And so if you had to give someone advice about that, about how do you keep yourself going, you know, like, and, and keep learning, what would be some of the advice you'd give them, like, to, as far as keeping themselves aware of some tactics around that? What would you, what would you share with them? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, that is a very good question. So <laughs> off the top of my head, um, you know, I, knowledge is power. And, and we always say it all the time, but it is very true. Knowledge is power. And, you know, even with with how with the world we live in today, it's so easy to gain knowledge. We have so like Google. <laughs> you can easily, you know, get Google. If you don't feel like reading a book, you can sit there and listen to an audio book and, right. and still get the same thing out of it. So you have knowledge everywhere. And you have resources everywhere so it really is no excuse not to go out and do it but really you just have to find that motivation and, and make the time that that would be my thing make the time to go out and learn something and keep yourself updated on things yeah that's awesome, that's awesome. 
I, I think something that was really key that I that I did at the beginning of this year, uh, like writing things broke out, is I did a a, a virtual uh, vision board, <laughs> right? Or you can make the one that. So I feel like that really kind of helped me, and it's literally like my background, my background for my my desktop. So I'm I'm seeing it every day. I'm actually I'm actually actually able to visualize my goals in real time. So that's I think that's kept so much more focus uh, in everything that I'm doing. So I, I recommend that as a tool as well. Um, that was my first time doing one too. And I'm like, wow, the impact it's had <laughs> in 2020. Wow. Has been so I thought about like, how would someone do a vision board these days electronically? Cause I'm, I'm, I have migrated most of my life to paperless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, how did you do that? So would you just make some images and put it on your, your desktop or you didn't use the tool? How did that work? Pretty much, I used um, um, uh, Google Slides because we, we use Google Drive applications all day. <laughs> right. But you can use Canva, uh, PowerPoint, you know, just a collage of images. It's something you can visually represent what you want to do. And I'd say being able to see those things every day um, has really just, I know, kept me motivated because I'm like, yes, these are the things I'm about. I can fully look at each one of these pictures and, and relate some type of story or something that's going on to my life that's positive, a positive reflection of those images. And I actually, as you were saying that, I looked at my phone and I re- I have even a better thing that has kept me going this year. I put this on my phone. Uh, you probably can't see it with the background, but it's the Nike check and just do it. That has been like oh, a wow. really big motivating thing for me to like, as opposed to procrastinating, because I used to be a huge procrastinator just started like going ahead and just getting stuff out of the way at least getting it started so that you can see where you need to go and what direction it needs to be handled because i used to just sit back and and just let stuff pile up in my head and actually get anxiety and couldn't sleep well at night because there's so much that i need to do i know i need to do but i keep putting it off but just starting stuff just just get up and start stuff. yeah that's powerful i always reference a book i read last year called atomic habits and, and it, it doesn't mean atomic like nuclear atomics, but it means mm-hmm. atomics like small mm-hmm. atomics. So I'm a writer and every day I allocate 20 minutes of writing. Mm, nice. Some days it's more than that, right? Some days I can write more because I got more time to do it. But if I know that I can just do my 20 minutes, then I know I'm moving towards that. And I can do the math about how 20 minutes every day leads up to a certain amount of um, output. But at least right. I'm getting it done. And um, I, I see a lot of times, I, I've actually started a new channel called the Creative Productivity Channel, because people have been asking me for a long time, like, what do you use? How do you do that? How are you doing that and doing that at the same time? How can you do those things? And I've learned that maybe I'm just an adult ADHD person, but I still got to do it. I still got to get these things done. I love to network. I love to do stuff involved with my church. I love to do what we do with the Rising Tides Sheridan and Creativity Cocktail. I'm part of many boards and I love all of it. I love all of it. I get invested on all of it. But in order to do that, I've got to have a plan and I've got to take it small morsels. I can't, like, I just can't, you know, I just can't do it in a way where it's just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to stop and do it because to your point, John, you can have that anxiety will well up, especially if you've got a, an ounce of creativity in your in your body, which everyone does. It'll just well up in you because you're like, I can't do that. And so hence, people don't do that. You yeah. don't do anything. They just get, oh, I'm afraid to do it because I ain't got the time. You hear that a lot. 
Hang yeah. on. Time. And also, people want the perfection. They want to be perfect, perfect when they do it. And it's like you have to let that go too, and just start it and build on it from there. Wherever you can, whatever you can get done, you can always improve it over time, which is how everything naturally progresses anyway. But a lot of people get stuck on if I'm gonna do this. I want it to be perfect. And that's the only way I'm going to do it. If I can't figure out how to make it perfect in my head, I don't even want to try it. So you have to get out of that. In my opinion, perfectionism is the biggest killer of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just just is. Where I've always talked about, you know, everything these days is have to be iterative, right? You got to like, and I use like computer terms. Here's the 1.0 of what we're trying to do. <laughs> right. Here's the 2.0 of what we want to try to do. Right. Yeah. Yep. And this is what every company does. And it, hey, even with your phone, you know, we're on, they just announced what the iPhone 12 or 13, whichever number they're on, but that's the different reiterations, you know, every year it's a, it's a, you know, it's supposed to get better and better. So yeah, I mean, that's what everyone does. So having the idea that you can start something and it'd be perfect. You're setting yourself up for failure to begin with, but just right. start somewhere and work on it and improve it. Yeah. I love talking to you guys because you got me thinking of like ideas like you know, I should just start making like my life instead of me calling myself whatever my age is, but like my age point oh <laughs> or something like that. There you go. That's there right. you go. That is true. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> so I'm 21.12. So I that kind of thing. Um Tell, tell, tell the audience about the, what's coming up in the future for the JJRE group. What are some of the things that you guys are working on today and some of the things you see in the near future for, the, for, for your group? Tell us about that. Sure. Um, so we're still committed to providing uh, affordable housing. So uh, we hope to partner with more local organizations who are also sharing in that mission. Um, one of that being um, we work with um, the Land Housing Authority, for example, uh, being an example of one. Um, and this is one of these organizations, they have you know, plenty of wait lists. Uh, the inventory is so low. Um, and it's, it's people on these lists who, who, need, who need houses. So it's, it's one thing to, you know, to be on the applicant end. It's another thing to be on the property owner end. So um, just kind of making the inventory available. Uh, we've talked about uh, expanding to, you know, we would love to be able to do a mixed use uh, property where people are able to live, work and play um, in different areas, uh, because we feel like, you know, a lot of historically um, in Atlanta, there were communities where people did that, <laughs> you know, they might have been predominantly black communities. And of course, when the interstates came and changed the makeup of the communities, you know, people had to move away, you know, businesses suffered. So we want to really want to bring a lot of that economic uh, empowerment back to our communities. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, that that that's fantastic. I did have a question for you guys, yeah. and I thought about it. You know, based on the world these days, right? And 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 you know, and this this is kind of linking to COVID a bit, but. I hear a lot about like this eviction moratorium that exists mm -hmm. out there and that there are still there are there are a lot of people in our communities based on not having jobs or losing their jobs and losing their incomes that are in a precarious situation around their um, their homeowner status of being able to 
be where they are today. Have you guys given any thought about that? Because I, I get a sense that that is something that's it's like a real big bubble for a lot of us in our community that's just about to really burst in a bad way. Yeah, I'm I'm very concerned about it. Um, yeah. Well, me and Josh have both talked about it. It's like, you know, with the whole moratorium, um, really, I feel like for a lot of people, it's delaying the inevitable. And of course, people need houses. People need somewhere to stay right now. But, you know, what's with the moratorium, all it's doing is delaying because the 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 landlords are still going to go and file, you know, saying that these people got to be evicted as soon as they can. Because, of course, I mean, it's a bad situation to be in for the landlords, too, especially if you have a mortgage on the property or whatever. Like, you know, you still got to pay those bills, but the city selling you can't collect rent right now. if People can't afford it. So it's a bad situation um, for the tenants and also for the landlords in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, what I, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to completely play out. Um, but in my head, I just see, you know, 2021 may be a very interesting year um, when it comes to just real estate in general from, from investors and also for tenants um, and even for people that are buying primary houses for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really think it's kind of going back to what John said, but I really think it's going to be influenced about, you know, what, where our government stands as far as any additional stimulus aid comes because and then it's going to be needed. And if anything, yeah. just snowballing that, um, and it's not, you know, there's going to come a day when it's due, right? Um, so I really just think it's really going to be up to the government to prevent really this impending uh, bubble that's really going to happen. And um, I think it's based off of, you know, we'll see how this election goes, right? You know, hope everybody voted who's listening. <laughs> yes, please vote. <laughs> please vote. It's really important. Uh, but this is one of those things. It's like um, this election is going to determine how this all plays out, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll see the effects in real time for centuries and generations, you know, generations to come. There's so much up in the air with this election. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just really is beyond just what we're talking about, but there's just so many things that are, that are there. And I was thinking about that. And I was, the reason why I was pausing a second is that I've seen stats around the big cities and like all the people that may be potentially at risk but I was like, I don't know what's going on with Atlanta. I don't know what's going on with my city and seeing how many people are like that. I know in lots of the big cities, there've been months and months where people, and I don't mean just the people, I mean like businesses, mm -hmm. you know, who may be evicted or they can't continue on and yep. commercial pop properties. I'm saying that they just haven't been able to pay rent. Correct. You, you know, you can't pay rent on a commercial property and ain't nobody coming in. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. And if the people yeah. come in, ain't got no money, then you think it's, it's a massive cascade that's going on there. And, and, and that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you guys, because you're doing something to help us like right now. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we, oh, there are so many people that are out there. And, and I get so, I think so much about just not, not just us, but when you think about young people and people who have kids or people who were in affordable housing before or they had whatever vouchers or whatever they were in section eight whatever those kind of things are and all of those things are subject to be affected by this whole thing yeah that's why i say it's going to be a very interesting you know next 12 months um for sure um like like I say even with the commercial space um a lot of these stores are closing and if they have the opportunity to switch to online if they're that type of company a lot of them are opting to do that because you know 
people aren't coming in. And a lot of these corporate corporates are, you know, saying their people can just go ahead and work from home because, hey, we can't justify paying this rent right now. If we don't know how long we're going to be having the social distance. And, and even outside of that, hey, does it really make sense to continue paying rent for a corporate space if all of my people can do everything they're doing from home? So I think a lot of tough conversations are beginning to, to happen. And we're going to see how this all plays out next year. And, and of course, overall, it's going to affect the overall economy because this affects all markets and, and everything, to be honest with you. Yeah. One thing I say is that I, the great thing about our time and where we are is that we are really ingenious. Like we, we will come up with ways to get paid. You know? Correct. <laughs> I remember it so clearly, like when COVID first hit and I went out for like one of the first times back in March and I was driving somewhere in Southwest in the city and this brother had this whole, this stand right on the road near, near 285, near the highway. He had the, he had like this massive variety of masks that you would know. He had like a mask for everything. I was like, he had a mask for every sports team that existed, for all kinds of you know musical acts and all kinds of movies. And this was like weeks after the whole thing had happened. I was like, we are, we will figure out something. Yeah. We're survivors. We're like, especially for our culture and our community, we are survivors. That's what you know. We've had to endure and survive so much, you know, as far as uh, as far as a community that you know we do just naturally figure out a way, like you know. Oh, this doesn't work anymore. Okay, let me change gears and do this. Or this is a new opportunity. Let me see how fast I can get out there and get to it. That's right. We are, we are super resilient. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> I was I would say we, you know, we're 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 bred, our just we're descendants of superheroes. Like if you imagine yep. the generations that came before you, everything they had to endure just so you get to where you are at this point in your life. It's just something that really just keeps things in perspective. Yeah, yep. that, is, that is so true. And then and then that allows me to kind of pivot and rail against those people who are like anti-vote people. Mm -hmm. We all we know it know at least one person that's like that. Yep. And I'm just like, it ain't really about you. This is my comment to them. It yep. ain't really about you. It's all of these people that had to go through all of this stuff mm -hmm. over all of these people, white, black people, mostly our community that had to deal with this kind of stuff indigenous people here in the United States, all yep. of these people that had to go through stuff. And for you to talk, it's your right. You do have a right to toss away your vote. But if you had any honor of those people right. that have gone yep. before you, you know, you will stand in line. We stand in line for all kinds of stuff. You stand in line to get something to eat, right? You go to the slutty vegan, we stand in line for that. We stand in line for the movies. We stand in line at the airport. We stand in line for all kinds of stuff. You know, we can stand yep. in line to vote. We can yep. do that. Um, Most definitely. Yeah, we, we can we can do that. So that that's that, that's for anybody that's out there who's anti-vote. That's Woodson's opinion on you voting. <laughs> I like your opinion because <laughs> it is it is facts. <laughs> Go out there and do your vote. We really don't, you know. The cool thing, in my opinion, living where we live, is that we can change what we're doing today. Like if we down with real estate today, if we want to do something tomorrow. We can do that tomorrow. Yeah, we can just change. But one of the real obligations we have in this society is that we can go ahead and make our voices heard. Yeah. yeah. 
a whole bunch of people on this earth right now that woke up this morning and their whole life was predestined for them. Some yeah. government or somebody told them, this is who you're going to be. Yep. And this is what you can afford. This is, this is, th these are your boundaries basically. And, and people accept that. And that's, that is what I want people to get out that mindset of like, stop, you know, you can do whatever you want as much as you want. There is no limit or no cap on how much money you can make or how much property you can own. There is, there is no limit to it. You just have to go out there and get it. Yeah. And, and the one thing I always share with people, cause people, when they get to my age, and um, I don't know what you guys age are, but I, I, I'm just gonna make an opinion. We're all the same age. <laughs> when I say to people, when I say to people all the time, because they get to a point in life and they go, "Oh yeah, well, I'm at this point in life, so that means it's all written for me." Mm -hmm. No, you could be 75 years old and decide what you're gonna do tomorrow. That's right. And, and, and switch it up. It's not too long, never too late to reinvent yourself. That, that's right. And the same thing with young people. Young people. When you're 15 years old, 12 years old, whatever, just do do what you want to do. Yeah, right. Do it, and and I just I just think that a lot of times, and that goes back to kind it kind of circles all the way back to what we were talking about earlier, when it comes to skills and people being afraid to do the next thing. Um, people can do what you want to do. Um, you just have to commit yourself to do it. And the challenge, and I think you both said it, is like you get this perfectionist mindset. Or this, I got a, I got this ideal, and my ideal is to take over Earth tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So I can't do anything, and I can't do it because I got to take over. I'm going to become Apple tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's our day, right? That's right. Um, so thank you guys for this time. Uh, you guys are doing some amazing things. How can people, if they want to learn more about the JJRE group and what you guys are up to, tell us what are some ways they can kind of contact you. Okay, well, you can contact us. We have a website, um, www.jjregroupllc.com. Um, you can also follow us on our Instagram account, JJ Real Estate Group. That's Instagram. And on Facebook, you can, you can like us on Facebook it's JJRE group on Facebook. So those are some of the ways you can keep up with us. And, you know, hey, you, we have ways for you to connect with us. You can see our our, our email address is llc at gmail.com. So yeah, for anyone that wants to reach out to us, you know, definitely reach out. We're we're constantly looking for new people to work with and, and just grow and help our communities. We also have a YouTube channel. Definitely uh, check out our YouTube channel. We, we've done some live recording sessions where we actually did a Q&A. Uh, you know, we're asking questions from the community. You know, what do you want to know about real estate investing? What do you want to know about counter gentrification strategies? You know, so that way we can kind of empower people right here, right now is that, you know, your family might be talking about, you know, who's going to get grandma's house, who, you know, making sure grandma have a will in place. You know, you want to avoid probate for it. She in reverse mortgage. Uh, how to get out of reverse mortgage. So we really want to just try to uh, push that knowledge and all that knowledge, all that content is available right now on the YouTube channel. That's awesome. I am really um, proud to be associated with you brothers and, and what you're doing for our community. It, Thank you. It, 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 it really you. amazing stuff. So last question for you, and this might be a little bit challenging. Um, so someone might get out there, whether they're listening to us in audio or video format, they may be struggling with their life or their goals or their creative goals. 
and they're talking to both of you. It's just you and that person. And they're like, John, Joshua, I don't know where to start, man. I'm struggling. I don't know what the next step is for me. I want you both individually to give that person some advice as far as going forward. Okay. Um, go, ahead, go ahead, John. For, for me, the first thing that comes to my head, I, I forget who wrote the poem, but um, there's a poem out there where it says, you are the master of your fate. Don't quit. So, yeah, don't quit, take control. Um, there's definitely, I know it's easier said than done, but just start small little things, making small little changes, small little habits, um, changing small little habits to your life daily and keep trying and, and just watch how things turn around. You would never believe how quickly things can turn around if you just start making small adjustments that lead to big things. And you would you, you just would never believe. You, you'll be amazed. You're going to be amazed. I'm still amazed with my with things that have happened in my own personal life that, you know, I, I could have never saw myself 10, 15 years ago sitting here now doing interviews about my my real estate company, talking about the community and and just, you know, trying to help the community. I just never would have saw that for myself. So keep trying, never give up, but start making small adjustments and, and keep a positive outlook on everything. Stay positive. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't quote the great um, Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, um, who said, not failure, but low aim is sin. Ooh. And to me, that just resonates so much because it's like, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to have times where, you, you know, things aren't going to work out. But with each one of those is, is a lesson, right? And the more you strive for greatness, the more you'll be able to achieve. So it's just like, you just go back for more. And I feel like that's really something that can drive and, and motivate you, you know, not failure, but low aim is sin. So it's, it's, it's no way to go, but up. <laughs> Correct. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you, brothers. Uh, I tell you, if you're out there and you're listening to the Creativity Cocktail, John and Joshua have shared some amazing ways for you to continue to progress. Failure is just a step to success. So I thank them both for joining us here today. They, you'll see in the show notes uh, more of the ways that they shared about contacting them. If you're out there and you want to hear more about the Creativity Cocktail, you can go to our website at risingtidescharity.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Creativity Cocktail. And obviously this, web, this YouTube is out there as well. So check us out on Apple, Spotify. We're now on Amazon. We're on Podbeam. We're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere you can get your podcasts. I want to thank these brothers again. Thank you guys are phenomenal. Thank you for this awesome time. And thank you. We hope you. that we will have you guys again on this conversation. Yes, Absolutely. most definitely. Anytime. You're right. All right. I have had I have ended the live portion of the conversations, brothers. Um, okay. And so I'm going to see how it looks here in a second. But that's all I got for you guys. Um, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, thank um, you. And we'll get some some images and our logo and stuff over to you um, just so you can have that stuff to use at your disposal. Yeah, that's great. And I will be spending some time editing this up and you will see it. Um, so when you send a logo, I'll, I mentioned all the ways I'll be putting it up there, but I'll also be putting an Instagram post up there as well. I don't know if I'm connected to you guys on Instagram, but I'll, I'll make sure that we get connected up that way.
Okay. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll definitely share on our platforms as well. Yeah. Um, we can post the link to your your uh, the link and to your show as well if you like. Uh, you send it over to us. Yeah. I, I'm just very proud of what you guys are doing, and and I'm really proud when I'm having conversations with good brothers who are doing great things. Thank you very much. And we also may be reaching out to you for a tutorial on how you're doing all this stuff in the background. <laughs> we, we know at one at some point we're going to get to the point where we're going to do a, a podcast. Right. So, hey, there's no need to recreate the wheel. So we may be reaching out to you. <laughs> no worries, brothers. I got you, man. I got you. I do. All right. Thank you very much, Winston. No problem, brothers. Have a great, great weekend. All right? All right. You do the same. All right. Thank you.